It's the Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by Action Carpet and Floor Covering, Hot Meadow Street in Simsbury. I'm Dan Lavallo. He is Brad Field. And Brad, a longtime meteorologist, one of the reasons we have put this podcast together and we're doing it now. I can't believe it, Brad. This is our 103rd episode. Wow. Isn't Are you something? calling me old? Are you calling me old, Dan? <laughs> mature. I'm calling He's us both long, mature. <laughs> He's a long-time, real long-time meteorologist. <laughs> Uh, you know, I guess I officially became a meteorologist in May of 1978 uh, when I graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree from Lowell Technological Institute, which has been absorbed by UMass and is now UMass Lowell. So I guess it's been 42 years, and I guess that would classify as a long time. Or mature. Let's let's go with mature. <laughs> we're, both, we're both mature communicators, I guess. Uh, yeah, I had uh, I had a haircut uh, yesterday morning at uh, at uh, my man uh, G W Crane, Glenn Crane, on uh, Farmington Avenue in West Hartford. Uh, when I came to NBC Thirty in 1983, I asked Bob Mayer, who was the anchor man at the time, where can I get a haircut around here? Because I had just moved to Connecticut. So this is March of 1983. He said, oh, I go to G.W. Crane on uh, Farmington Avenue. And Glenn was a young man back then, too. He was only in his mid-20s, as was I. But I have been going to him ever since. And I went there yesterday, and I was laughing with Glenn about all of the gray hair <laughs> on the on the smock. And uh, I guess that just points to that maturity you were talking about. <laughs> well, our, our summer is maturing, that's for sure. As we put this podcast together on Thursday, August the 20th, we've had cool nights, comfortable nights to sleep, temperatures in the 50s, and warm days with low humidity. How long is this going to last? Dan, I love this stuff, don't you? Yes. I mean, 53 this morning at Bradley International Airport. So, I mean, that is just comfortable with a capital C. So very, very comfortable for sleeping. Uh, cools off your house nicely overnight. Uh, I was looking back at the climatological data over the past five days. We've had three of those five days with a high temperature at or below the 80-degree mark at Bradley International. So that's nice. Uh, but it looks like another warm-up starts. I think uh, up uh, by Saturday, Dan, we're going to be flirting with that 90-degree mark again. And just reiterating what I said in the podcast last week, we have had 35 days of the temperature reaching 90 this summer, uh, and we need three more to tie the record of 38 days of 90 or above, and that was set back in 1983. So uh, the, the, the big question for me here, Dan, is are we going to do it next week? And the answer is it's possible. And the, the whole thing, and we'll get to that when we get to the on the weather map segment, but we are going to have a front oscillating back and forth through New England next week. Coming south as, an, as a cold front, getting to about Massachusetts, then going back north as a warm front, getting up into Vermont and New Hampshire, then coming south as a cold front, uh, then moving north as a warm front. It's going to be oscillating through New England all next week. And to dramatize the point, Dan, 
the European computer model a week from today, in other words, Thursday, August 27th, has the daytime high temperature, 74 in Burlington, Vermont. So that's a fall-like kind of day. 96 in Hartford, Connecticut. So it all depends on where that front sets up. So if it's really hot next week, you'll know why. You'll know the cool air is nearby, but that's not going to do us any good. And if it's cool next week, you'll know why. And uh, I'm in the camp. I I just assume it go cool. I I told you a million times on the podcast, you can give me an 80-degree day any day of the week, uh, and you can keep your 90-degree days. But 80 is perfect. Well, I'm guessing, Brad, that's going to have to be some kind of warm air heading to our region simply because since the beginning of summer, we have now lost one hour and 37 minutes of daylight. Right, and it's uh, it's a lot to do with the soil moisture, Dan. The soil moisture is down because it has been so darn dry around here. June, extremely dry. July, extremely dry. August, to date, extremely dry. So there's not much ground moisture, and that allows the temperature to warm more readily during the daytime. So uh, we, we've had that little bit of a problem this year with, with that, and uh, that's been yielding these, these higher temperatures. Uh, that said, speaking of precipitation, it seems as if the tropics once again are heating up. What's happening? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it, it is crazy what's going on in the tropical Atlantic this year, uh, Dan, and I really want to uh, go into depth with that. Now, um, you know that we're big into social media, you uh, and myself, and we're on uh, you know Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram and LinkedIn, and uh, there is a uh, friend of mine that I follow, and his name, it's, it, it's a kind of a difficult name, so I'm going to uh, give you time to grab a pencil or whatever. But if you want to follow him on Twitter, uh, his name is Philip Plotzbach. And uh, so you would use the at symbol, uh, P-H-I-L, Phil, so at Phil Klotzbach, K-L-O-T-Z-B-A-C-H. Now, uh, Phil is a meteorologist at Colorado State University, and what he specializes in is Atlantic Basin uh, in uh, the Atlantic Basin seasonal hurricane forecast. And he's continuing the uh, great work of the late Dr. Bill Gray. I was always a big fan of his. What a nice, nice man. I went to a lot of uh, hurricane conferences with him and so forth. And uh, and uh, he was a special man. I, I have a lot of respect for, for his, his brains and intellect, but also uh, his goodness. And uh, it, it's kind of appropriate today because Phil tweeted out yesterday that it was on August 20th every year that Dr. Gray would start ringing a bell inside of uh, CSU. <laughs> and he did that every year to symbolize the start of the most active portion of the Atlantic hurricane season. Climatologically, Dan, two-thirds of the activity, the tropical storm and hurricane activity, 
is yet to come. Mm. It occurs between August 20th and October 10th. So that's thus the ringing of the bell on August 20th, because, you know, kind of going into the stretch run here at NASCAR. Um, but, yeah, it, but you, you think about it. If we've only had one-third of the activity, and uh, for all intents and purposes, I think Laura is going to be named today. It may be getting named right now as we are uh, taping this podcast on Thursday morning, August 20th. That would be 12 storms already. And, uh, you know, you, you look at it so far. Uh, in 2020, let's not count Laura yet because it hasn't formed at, as of this second. But so far, we've had 11 named storms, of course, including Isaias that paid us that visit and caused all those power outages. But between 1981 and 2010, so that 30 year period there, we average 3.4 storms through August 20th. And we've had 11, and all but likely having 12 by the end of the day today. So we are three to 400 times above normal uh, in terms of activity in the uh, tropical Atlantic basin. So what is it? Uh, what, what's making this so active this year? Do we know? Yes. Um, it would be the uh, One of the things that, uh, that Phil looks at, and... Uh, the uh, National Hurricane Center, and I wanted to remind our, our listeners about the National Hurricane Center too, Dan. Uh, you have put the link up on our uh, website, so if you go to bradfieldweather.com, you can easily link to the National Hurricane Center, and you can get these constant updates. So if you went to bradfieldweather.com and, and linked later today, you would see whether or not Tropical Depression 13 has become named storm Laura. But uh, the why, you asked about the why, Dan, warmer than average sea surface temperatures, not everywhere, but for the most part, throughout the tropical Atlantic and the Caribbean, uh, we are looking at a direct correlation, and I'm sure you've heard about this, that, you know, you look at what kind of winter are we going to have, then you look half a world away and say, is it El Nino or is it La Nina? And they have uh, various impacts on what New England's winter will be. Well, sort of the same deal with the, the uh, wind shear pattern in the Atlantic Basin in the, uh, the tropical storm and hurricane season months. If we start going toward a La Nina, which is cooler than average Pacific Ocean water temperatures, we have noticed a downstream effect in the tropical Atlantic of less wind shear. Wind shear rips these hurricanes apart and it makes it hard for them to form. But it, so if you have less wind shear, you can get more tropical storm activity. So it looks like that is also occurring. Uh, we've noted that there are weaker Atlantic trade winds. Um, Phil and his group at Colorado State University have noticed an enhanced Western African monsoon. Um, we are in a warm phase of what's called the Atlantic multi-decadal oscillation. So it, it, it's, it goes over decades, 
It reappeared in 1995, and we're in a warm phase now. When you look back on it, uh, the research done about those sea surface temperatures since 1982, so, um, you know, 29 years or so ago, 28, 29 years ago, uh, we are in the third warmest uh, of the sea surface temperatures in the Atlantic. So that in, that uh, gives energy and fuel to these tropical systems and hurricanes. Uh, I wanted to point out also, Dan, it looks like it'll be uh, right after East East the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, came out with a report and an update on their forecast for the Atlantic Basin. And they have... A, a, titled the rest of the forecast for this rest of the hurricane season, extremely active season. Uh, as I mentioned to you, there's, uh, there's only been two named storms through uh, early August historically. Uh, but, you know, when ECES hit, that was storm number nine already. So way above average for the first third of the uh, season. The advice from NOAA is to stay prepared and remain vigilant because uh, it's sort of a tinderbox. Uh, that's kind of a bad pun to talk about ocean and tinderbox, but it, it really is. It's a, it's sort of an explosive situation in the Atlantic where these, these storms can um, form quite readily. The updated forecast now calls for between 19 and 25 named storms. So to achieve a name, remember, to get the, to the tropical storm status, you have to have a wind of 39 miles per hour or greater. They're predicting now 19 to 25. If we have Laura today, that would be number 12. Now, of the uh, 19 to 25 named storms, they're predicting that 7 to 11 of them will attain hurricane status, which is winds of 74 miles per hour or greater, and that 3 to 6 of them would become major hurricanes with winds of 111 miles per hour or greater. So that's the updated forecast from NOAA for the rest of the hurricane season. So I guess the main words, Dan, here are to stay and be prepared. I want to talk for just a moment about our underwriter for the Bradfield Weather Podcast, Action Carpet and Floor Covering, located on Hot Meadow Street in Simsbury. And a big thank you to Action Carpet and Floor Covering owner Kevin Blake. Action Carpet and Floor Covering was voted first runner-up in the Best of Hartford Magazine 2019 survey. Action Carpet and Floor Covering. Does not cut corners. Action Carpet and Floor Covering cleans corners. Carpet cleaning, stain removal, deodorizing and scotch guarding, tile and grout cleaning and sealing, upholstery cleaning. Action Carpet and Floor Covering will strip and wax vinyl floors, clean, wax, and buff hardwood floors, water damage restoration, certified mold remediation, and also free estimates and in-home consultations. Did you know, by the way, that Action Carpet and Floor Covering is available 24-7? If there is an emergency, Action Carpet and Floor Covering has an emergency hotline you can call. From carpets to area rugs, runners, tile, vinyl, laminate, and so much more, Action Carpet and Floor Covering will handle your flooring and carpeting needs. Also, promotional financing is available. Stop by Action Carpet and Floor Covering today. 
located on Hot Meadow Street in Simsbury. Visit them online, action-carpet.com. That's action-carpet.com. Or call Action Carpet and Floor Covering at 860-651-8406. 860-651-8406. And again, a big thank you to Kevin Blake at Action Carpet and Floor Covering for underwriting the Bradfield Weather Podcast. Now, Brad, as we look on the weather map, uh, I noticed over the last week temperatures even in San Francisco and Los Angeles were well into the 80s, and out in Boise, Idaho, those areas, temperatures into the 90s. Is that weather making its way to our region? Well, you know, the interesting thing about San Francisco, Dan, is we had a meteorologist conference out there, and it was one year in June, and we were the biggest joke of, of, of the city because a bunch of meteorologists came to San Francisco in the month of June with just short sleeve shirts and, and no jackets or anything like that. Well, I've got to tell you, when we went to tour the Golden, Golden Gate Bridge, uh, it was freezing cold. It was just so cold. Uh, there was a guy there, um, you know, selling these lightweight winter jackets. He probably had the, the, the price jacked up 400, 500%, but a very smart business person, uh, because it was so cold there. It's just the opposite there of here. So think about that. We get our warm wind off the land. We get a westerly wind or a west, southwest component into Connecticut. That's usually our warm weather wind here. Uh, But in San Francisco, it's just the opposite. You get an easterly wind down sloping out of the mountains toward the ocean. That is their hot weather wind. So uh, it all depends on what way the surface wind is blowing. But yes, it's been extremely uh, warm uh, at, at times out there, especially around um, San Francisco. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of warmth on the weather map, Dan. It's not unusual. I mean, it builds through the summer months and so forth. And uh, we're we're seeing the center of the high pressure uh, sort of right over us this afternoon, and it's ridging back through the Ohio River Valley. So still beautiful out there with sunshine and low humidity. I think uh, I think we're going to be gaining about five degrees a day. So if you figure uh, for Thursday afternoon, August twentieth, it'll be around eighty. For Friday afternoon, the twenty-first, it'll be around eighty-five. For Saturday, the twenty-second, it'll be around ninety. So uh, I'm looking for a, 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 a slow, steady warm-up over the next uh, few days. It looks like the high will be just south of Connecticut tomorrow. Uh, bridging to the west to Indiana. So what would that yield here? Exactly what I just said, a west and southwest wind flow, which is our warm weather wind flow. The um, Saturday morning, the weak low will be over Chesapeake Bay and moving out to sea. So it looks like, uh, it looks like the, the uh, fair weather and the warm weather will hold on here. Now, Sunday, the high is going to be located over western North Carolina through the Smoky Mountains. And um, it it looks like uh, we will get into that west and southwest flow, kind of a heat pump. Uh, Maybe a little upper-level disturbance floating through on Sunday afternoon. 
maybe trigger a few showers or thunderstorms. But as I look over the weather map over the next five to seven days, that's pretty much the only opportunity for rain I see. So that would, again, be later Sunday. If you want to be 100% sure about your cookouts this weekend or whatever, if you're planning outdoor activities, Saturday would be the slightly better choice because uh, it's, it's a little bit more likely that there'll be some showers and storms around on Sunday. Uh, Monday, the high will be over the Appalachians. And, and here again, that cold front now is going to be through central New England. One of the weather maps I looked at this morning has that, that uh, front strung out through, say, Worcester, coming down to about Worcester. Uh, to uh, maybe over toward Northampton or something like that. So the the front is going to be very, very close to us. If we're on the south side of that front, it's going to get hot around here. But if, if, if the front is close enough to give us some cloud cover, that would, that would keep the temperatures down a little bit. And if the front, say, shifts 50 miles to the south, we're in a nice cool air mass. But uh, right now it's been a hot summer. It's been a dry summer. So I am going to forecast persistence that we stay on the hot side of things, and I think that's going to be the case on, on Wednesday as well. One thing I learned in meteorology over 40 years, Dan, is uh, persistence forecasts work. Uh, if you have a situation that in the morning uh, you're, in a, you're in kind of a stationary weather pattern and one morning you have fog and then the next morning you have fog and then the next morning you have fog, Guess what I'm going to do? Until that weather pattern changes and something different happens, I'm going to forecast fog on the next morning. And then, then you're only wrong once, the day that there's no, <laughs> no fog. <laughs> so that's, that's called a persistence forecast. I, I learned a lot of things over those 42 years, and I tried to teach some of the younger guys like um, – you know, Josh and Tyler and stuff. I tried to teach them things like if, if, if you, if you know something and you're sure of it, ram it home and kind of broad brush over the things you're not sure about. Say you don't know if it's going to be sunny or cloudy the next day, but you know, it's going to be windy. Say it 15 times. Oh my goodness. Is tomorrow going to be a windy day? A blend of sun and clouds, but it is going to be so windy tomorrow. And you just ram it home. And then people, Oh, he said it was going to be windy. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you, you accentuate what you know. That's one thing I learned. Uh, 42, 42 year veteran passing it along. <laughs> uh, now Monday, Dan, while we're roasting up here, I wanted to point this out. The track of what I think will become Laura, uh, which on uh, Thursday morning here, August 20th, is 800 miles east of the northern Leeward Islands. Tropical storm watch is already in effect in St. Martin. For anybody who's vacationed there, you'd know where that is. But it looks like the storm is going to keep moving on a west-northwest trajectory. It's moving at 21 miles per hour now. Sustained winds of 35 miles per hour, so it only has to get four more miles per hour of strength to become Tropical Storm Laura. Um, it looks like the track will be just north of Puerto Rico, then just north of the Dominican Republic as we go through Friday and the weekend, just north of Cuba. But guess what? It looks like it's in the Florida Keys by Monday. 
So we're going for our friends down in Southern Florida, for our friends in Puerto Rico, uh, you know, keeping an eye on the storm. It looks like to me, the first landmass that would be impacted by the current track would be around the Florida Keys and it would be around Monday. And again, you can go to bradfieldweather.com and link to the National Hurricane Center and get updates every six hours or so. Now, does the path take it into the Gulf of Mexico, or will it go up the west coast of Florida? Yeah, it looks more to me like it would go through, uh, you know, Key Largo and Key West, and then kind of hook right and move sort of up along the west coast of Florida. Uh, you know, maybe not inland in Florida, maybe out on the water in the Gulf of Mexico, but I certainly think it would be close enough to impact that area. So, um, you know, at this point, the Hurricane Center, and again, I've stated this before on podcasts, the, 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 the trickiest thing is not the track so much. It's the strength and the intensity of the storm. But right now, at this point, the Hurricane Center is predicting it is a tropical storm and stays that. Uh, they don't have it intensifying into, say, a, you know, a Category 3 hurricane or anything like that, at least not at this point. But that's the, that's the reason you have to stay connected and, uh, you know, know how to get to the, the uh, National Hurricane Center website. Now, Brad, before we get to our crystal ball segment, a listener to our podcast emailed me today and wrote the Old Farmer's Almanac winter 2020-2021 forecast and predictions are in. The Almanac predicts, quote, a light winter for most of us here in the United States with warmer than normal temperatures in the forecast for a large part of the country. That said, what's the track record of the Old Farmer's Almanac? I love it. I mean, every single year, Dan, I buy it, and uh, it is just great for a lot of informational things, like uh, if there's going to be an eclipse, where it's going to be, uh, what day the the full moon is, uh, exactly what date and time uh, fall starts, what date and time winter starts, spring starts. I mean, it is chock-a-block full of information. Um, things that uh, are just sort of interesting to read. And I must tell you, as a meteorologist, I always, always am fascinated to read what they're thinking about the upcoming winter. I mean, it's a forecast. It's, it's um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure of their technique, and, uh, but, but they, they claim their track record is good. And uh, I, I must say, I've got no qualms about it. I, 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 I think it's a, um, a great resource, and I enjoy it. So that's my uh, editorial critique on the Farmer's Almanac. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, on, on this, and again, we're putting the podcast together on August 20th, when the height of the hurricane season begins, look into your crystal ball. What do things look like? Well, uh, it's interesting, Dan. We've got um, ridging. Uh, I think the main point that I want to say as we look forward the next two, three weeks, it looks like the jet is going to try to start moving seasonally southward. Now, the important thing about that is exactly what I dramatized at the start of this podcast. 
Low 70s in Burlington, Vermont next Thursday. Mid 90s in Hartford, Connecticut next Thursday, August 27th. That's because of the jet. Now, if it came a little bit further to the south, that cool air would be able to make it a little bit further to the south. And as we lose uh, daylight, you get 100% of the heat energy from the sun. As you lose daylight at the beginning of the day, as you lose daylight at the end of the day, of course the earth will cool. So as the earth cools, it's easier for the jet to move further to the south. So we've got to watch exactly where that sets up. Uh, National Weather Service is predicting that across the northern tier of the lower 48, the jet is going to be right there over the next two or three weeks. So what does that mean? That means we are, instead of this uh, infernally hot weather that we've been experiencing, that's going to be shunted more off the south. It looks like the northern tier of the lower 48 is going to go normal to perhaps even cooler than normal as we head to the very last couple of days of August and into the beginning of September with the rest of the country pretty warm. The other thing to keep in mind is where the jet stream is. That's that river of air in the atmosphere that steers the storms. The storms, the non-tropical storms, have a cold side and they have a warm side. So they move right along the jet. To the north of the storm, it's cold. To the south of the storm, it's warmer. And that air circulates around the storm and it kind of rides along the front. So if we get the jet closer, it would stand to reason that the chance of precipitation will go up. So I think over the next two to three weeks, we'll start seeing more in terms of frequent rainfall, which we need. Although I will reiterate again in the next seven days between today, August 20th, and next Thursday, August 27th, I only see one opportunity for rain, and that's Sunday with that upper-level disturbance coming through with some showers and storms. So the, the, the next two to three weeks, Dan, this upcoming week could be very hot. But I want to just say clear out uh, to, to all our podcast listeners, I am not positive about that forecast. Because if I'm trying to forecast next Wednesday that the cold front will only make it to Worcester and Northampton, how do I know that? That's five days from now that the cold front could come further south. And if it does come further south, we'll have some nice, comfortable air. But if, if that front stays to our north, it'll be hot. And uh, again, we'll go back to persistence. It's been a hot and it's been a dry summer. So if I had to flip a coin or if I had to place a, a money bet down on it, I would say we are going to see uh, uh, another hot week coming up next week. But then beyond that, it looks like the jet will be slipping further and further to the south. So cooler air will start to come in and uh, the chances for precipitation uh, will start to rise. Well, that said, again, as we put the podcast together on August 20th, what does our immediate forecast look like? Gorgeous today. Sunshine, temperature around 80 Let's call it uh, 78 to 84 across the state. And another very comfortable sleeping night tonight, 56 to 62. So a beautiful summer evening coming up and then a, a, a cool night for sleeping. 
for Friday, we're going about five degrees warmer. It's mostly sunny. It's in the mid-80s, 60s at night. So uh, for the folks that have air conditioning, you might want to consider flipping it on because Saturday's mostly sunny, uh, 86 to 92. Uh, during the day on Sunday, some cloud cover will keep it uh, less hot. I think we're going to average partly sunny on Sunday with a shower or thunderstorm possible. Temperatures in the 80s. Then Monday, the sun's back out, so we start to warm. Uh, mostly sunny. Temperature 85 to 90. Tuesday and Wednesday, Dan, are totally, totally dependent on if that front is close or if that front uh, stays to our north. We're in the 90s. If it's close, we probably have a lot of cloud cover and it's in the 80s. And I think the least likely is it's south of us and we're on the cool side and we're in the 70s. But so for right now, we'll call it uh, partly sunny on Tuesday and Wednesday and temperatures both days in the 80s and low 90s. Okay. Well, Brad, you know, at this point of the podcast, we always like to thank our first responders who are on the front line every day during the pandemic. So to all our first responders, a big thank you. And to our podcast audience and to you and Sandy, have a great weekend. To you and Susan, Dan, have a great weekend. And uh, to all our podcast listeners, thank you and keep spreading the word. You got it. The Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by Action Carpet and Floor Covering, located on Hot Meadow Street in Simsbury.